Hello, and welcome to Random Encounter, episode 280. Um, I am Zach Wilkerson, your host for today. Um, and uh, you will notice that there is a noticeable lack of Jono uh, as your host today. Um, and the reason for that is partially because Jono is like sort of uh, on a trip and on vacation, but also because this episode is about something that is decidedly not current as Random Encounter usually is. Instead, it's about something that is feature-related, which I know a lot about as the Features Manager, and is about our Game of the Year bracket battle. But before I explain what that is, or sort of how this episode is going to look, I want to introduce the rest of our panel, starting with you, Audra. Hello, hello. And next, Alex. Hello. And finally, Jimmy. Hi there. Uh, welcome everybody. Uh, it's exciting. I have podcasted with Alex and Audra many times and I'm very excited to podcast for the first time with you today, Jimmy. Um, and I'm excited about the conversation that we're going to have today. So, uh, anybody who follows the site knows that recently we posted a feature called our game of the year bracket battle. Uh, this is the 25th anniversary of RPG fan being a thing. Uh, which I think is amazing. I've been following the site since even before it was called RPG Fan, so it's it's really exciting for me personally. Uh, but one of the su- suggestions that one of our staff members had for a good anniversary feature was to kind of put all of our games of the year against each other. Uh, basically thinking about, of all the times that we have voted for a game of the year, what would be the game that would win amongst those which introduces some interesting sort of conversations right we've um voted for a lot of games maybe in certain years that maybe today (laughs) star ocean three um that we might not agree should win a game of the year now uh but i think it's an interesting sort of intellectual exercise and also kind of a fun thing to kind of talk about it but the thing that's most exciting about this feature to me is that we're not the ones who are going to decide it's going to be the readers uh you guys will be voting on uh whatever game you think deserves to win our game of the year bracket battle sort of putting different games against each other so let me slow down for a second and kind of talk about what that looks like if you haven't seen it yet so uh even though we've been open for 25 years we didn't have a game of the year really in our first year because we opened you know sort of very late um in that year and so what we've done because we have 24 games uh to vote on is we totally at random we literally put it into a generator uh put all the games into a random generator and then the first round we have uh three different games going against each other so it could be a game from 1999 against a game from 2004 against a game from 2011 i'm just you know uh, those those years aren't right but just sort of thinking aloud here and then whatever the top vote getter is from that round it will move on to our sort of elite eight uh, if you follow college basketball, you know what that's about. Um, and the way that the seeding will go in that round is the top winner, like the, 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 the game that gets the most votes from the first round. So let's say, for example, um, Lunar, the Silver Star or Silver Star Story Complete gets 900 votes. And I don't know. Um, we'll say Star Ocean 3 gets 455 votes and they're both winners in their bracket. They both have to be winners. Then if if Lunar of the Silver Star is the top vote getter, it will be the first seed and it will then face off against the eighth seed, which would be 
Star Ocean 3, which, you know, we'll see if that wins that round. We'll see. <laughs> um, and then we'll kind of go from there. Um, and on each round, you will see new write-ups. You will see new votes uh, from you guys as readers. Um, and so, yeah, um, that's going to be sort of the format of the feature itself. But today, we're going to talk about the first round. We're going to talk about all 24 games, at least briefly. Uh, we're going to talk about what we think about each division, and we're going to th- talk about what we think maybe deserves to win, what's going to win. Uh, you know, we might have some little debates here and there, but obviously we have a lot of games to talk about. So we're going to keep things a little bit quick. Um, so I guess I will ask uh, everybody on the panel. Are there any games uh, for the panel that uh, you're really hoping uh, maybe do well here? Any games that you you have an attachment to that you're kind of you're kind of really rooting for early on? This is a question for the whole panel. Ooh, um, I'd say I have a soft spot for Final Fantasy twelve, but a lot of the Final Fantasy <laughs> and Second yeah, and Three. Both good choices. Yeah, we'll talk more about those later. But what about the rest of you? I'd say my uh, my main like underdog pick, like the pick that I don't think is going to do well, but I think it would be pretty hype if it did. Uh, and I've been on record uh, loving this game before, but Final Fantasy XV, uh, I think has no chance against uh, Endwalker or Final Fantasy XII, but you know, uh, I love love that game, doing some interesting things, and uh, I think it's aged very gracefully. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, I, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no you, you go ahead. I was going to say, I actually think that that is a it's a tough bracket. We'll talk more about it later, but I think the fifteen has a chance there. I, I that would be really surprising to I me. Really but, uh, I really do. I hope you're right. I hope uh, people have really opened up on this game after it got kind of a lukewarm reception when it came out because it's really uh, it's really unique. There, there's <laughs> nothing. There hasn't been anything like it since. So uh, yeah, all all power to to Final Fantasy fifteen, giving it all my good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jimmy? What's like a sleeper pick that you're hoping for at the end of this? um sleeper i don't know i think i just want to see one of the bioware like the classic bioware games go really far um because some of them are up against some games that i don't think they really stand much of a chance against i just hope they don't all fall out right away because some of them are really great yeah i mean i think that uh one encouragement i'll give to our listeners you know um i think that um everybody on staff knows this as well and i think our readers are even more driven by this um like a lot of people love jrpgs who read rpg fan and who honestly who work at rpg fan me amongst them i I have i have less experience with western rpgs uh than i probably should um, and so that's sort of my bias going into this as your host. Uh, I will definitely be rooting for a lot of JRPGs here, like maybe many of our listeners are, but like I know in some of these brackets, the JRPG is not the pick, <laughs> even if it is our pick. So anyway, um, but we're just going to kind of go through division by division, talk about uh, the way it looks. If you are curious about our divisions, if you want to look at them as we're going, if you go to RPGFan.com right now, you can see the first round here and these divisions as we're talking about them. And again, from each division, there will only be one winner. So, uh, And your votes are going to be the ones that determine who's the winner here. But um, sometimes we have a hard time letting the th- these things go. So I'm, I'm happy we have the opportunity to kind of talk about what we think should be the winner. So let's start by talking about the very first division, which I think has a fascinating collection of games. I have a very strong opinion about what should win here and about what I love here. I've played all three of these games. Um, there's one of them I actually don't like very much at all, uh, which my partner will be very unhappy to hear, but it's the oh. truth. <laughs> um, 
But uh, in Division 1, we have two very modern games, starting with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and then we also have Final Fantasy VII Remake, that 2020 Game of the Year winner. And then finally, we have Skies of Arcadia going all the way back to 2000. Um, so what are some people's thoughts on this particular bracket? Uh, things they want to win, things they think will win, um, things they think are overrated, underrated. What do you guys got? So I s- still haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and I haven't really played much of Skies of Arcadia either, so I can't speak too much on those. But I mean, Skies of Arcadia is just, I feel like the more time goes by, the more like it's heralded as as such a classic and just like delightful jrpg uh from its time and uh i think i'd give that one a bit of an edge i think over xenoblade or ff7 remake ff7 remake i think could take it and uh i think that game is very good ultimately but there's also quite a few problems you could pick apart with it uh kind of narratively and uh, in terms of its setting um so i I think I'd go for Skies of Arcadia, despite not having played too much of it. Uh, but I think FF7 Remake does have a chance. Xenoblade, um, I, I wouldn't be inclined to say it, it would win that division, but I, I guess like readers could surprise me. Yeah, I wonder about recency bias on this one, because I feel oh, like yeah. Xenoblade 3 is just, it's so new and people, a lot of people think really highly of it, so... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of jump in here. I've played all three of these games uh, basically since 7 Remake. Actually, 7 Remake is the first game I played here. Um, and then I podcasted about Skies of Arcadia with Retro Encounter recently. Um, and then Xenoblade Chronicles 3 I've podcasted about many times, and I also reviewed it for the site. Um, and I'm going to say very strongly that I think Xenoblade Chronicles 3 should win here, um, which I know may sound like recency bias, but I promise uh, I... Uh, I, this is my genuine opinion. Uh, Skies of Arcadia. Um, and again, uh, uh, my, my wife will be very unhappy with me for saying this. I think is by far the weakest of these three games. Uh, I, I think mm. there are major problems with the writing. Um, I think that, um, as much as I love parts of it, like I think the exploration is remarkable. I think that there are parts of the combat. I am a turn-based combat sucker. I like parts of it, but th- some of the writing in this game, I think is, anywhere between mid and kind of offensive. Um, the ways in which they deal with uh, the plight of the underprivileged, I think is very troubling. Um, I think that uh, it is, there are other games in this, on this list that I think deal with sort of like the Saturday morning cartoon game, like game type of thing a lot better. And um, I, I just don't, I don't think it holds up. I, I think the reason, I honestly think the reason that it hasn't been remade as much as people are calling for it is because there are so many troubling elements to it. I think there are elements to it that are vaguely racist. Um, and I also think that I just feel like I'm listening to like a conservative Republican speak every time I listen to the main character talk, like pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And I, I don't, I'm not here for that. My um, God, I did not know these things about Skies This Arcadia. is just me talking again. My <laughs> wife is it. just as much uh, politically where I am and sh- it's her favorite game of all time. So um, that's where we are. Well, Seven Remake, I think it's a great game. Love it. Uh, but the ending troubles me uh, in lots of ways that I have litigated on many podcasts. I will not go through them, but I don't think it believes in itself the way that it does it, or like it's like so meta that it's not a thing. But Xenoblade Chronicles 3 
hits some highs that I think that two or three JRPGs have ever hit. Um, we're talking ending E of Near Automata type stuff. Um, the yeah, I, end, gotta, the, I gotta play that. The end of Chapter 5, beginning of Chapter 6 of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is top two, top tier moment for me. I absolutely think it deserves to be the winner here, but I honestly think that Final Fantasy 7 Remake will clean up here because it's Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. The end. Which yeah. is the only thing I will say about it is that I, I wanted... I am I was the target audience for Final Fantasy 7 Remake and I still prefer the original to the remake. Oh, me too. Yeah. The the best thing FF7 Remake has going for me is that combat. I, I think it's honestly got maybe my oh, favorite combat yeah. in any RPG, which is uh a, a huge thing going for it, but uh, there there are aspects of that game that just didn't quite hit for me at the same time and I, I think other people feel that way but you're right that the ff7 factor is is maybe too strong audra what do you think um well i did find skies of arcadia to be kind of charming when i played it but i can totally see where you're coming from with it too so yeah no i think there I are so many things that are charming about either. it so don't don't let me take you off of it i think it's there's so many things that are amazing about it it's just mm-hmm. my personal opinion <laughs> But I think I'm leaning towards either FF7 Remake or Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I haven't played enough of either of them yet to really say for sure, but I just, I feel like they're probably the two stronger. And they're more recent, and I just, everything I've heard about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 kind of has me leaning towards, I'd like to see it win. (laughs) But I don't know if it will. Uh, It's interesting to hear you all, like, uh saying that the the recency bias will probably have an effect here, because I guess where I was coming from at first is assuming there'd be a retro bias for Skies of Arcadia. I could be wrong. I definitely think that is a, a factor. I actually think this is the most competitive of any of the divisions. Um, yeah, you I, might I, be right. Yeah. I, I think that all three of these would clean up in all kinds of these divisions, but um, because... Our, our readers just based on what i see in social media they love they love love love, love like the retro thing and uh, skies of arcadia in particular does really well for us and a lot of people love skies of arcadia and i think they could do really well here i i actually think that xenoblade chronicles 3 is the least likely to win this one um despite the fact that it's the one the one that's come out the most recently um i actually think that it is nostalgia that will drive the seven remake vote um, I think back to our when, when we did Game of the Year, like in all our different category votes, like Sephiroth won like best villain that year, and I was like, "What? Sephiroth is in this game for like thirty minutes, and he's actually presented poorly." <laughs> um, like I, I think that's a horrible choice, <laughs> um, just in my opinion. I, I really like remake, um, but I, I think that that's going to be enough to push it over the top. But yeah, I mean, like to me, like I'm more interested in what you guys think should win. If if I was voting, I'm taking Scars of Arcadia for sure. That's fair. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we could spend 20 hours talking about Division One, I, I think, because I love I, I love talking about all three of these games, even if I don't love all three of these games. I, I mean, I genuinely like Skies of Arcadia. I just I have some problems with it that I don't have with the other games. Um, I, know, Division- I think you made really good points about it. Um, mm-hmm. When I played it, I was much younger. Um, no, I feel so, that. Yeah, uh, you play. I, it sounds like you probably played it a lot more recently I than sure I did. have. So I'm sure <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm looking at it through some ro- rose colored glasses. So. It was a year and a half ago, so it was pretty recent. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. 
Uh, but again, it's just, just my opinion. Um, so let's talk about Division 2, which I think is highly competitive, but like in an interesting way. So in this division, we have somehow <laughs> Star Ocean till the end of time, which was our 2004 winner. We have Mass Effect 2, uh, which no one's going to question that one, right? Uh, in 2010. And then we have, again, no one's going to question this one, The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. Uh, two of these games are absolute all-time classics. Uh, I have not played the uh, Mass Effect 2 or uh, Star Ocean until the end of time. And I haven't beaten The Witcher 3, but I played over 100 hours of it. <laughs> Classic. And I think it is an incredible game. Um, so I think this is an interesting matchup. Um, so what does everybody think about this one? Mass Effect 2 for me. <laughs> but that's probably more my personal bias. What do you love about Mass Effect 2? I just, I love the whole premise, the setup. It's a great sci-fi story. And I just love how they do the different characters and this individual personal side quests and how the final mission comes about and how you can actually alter it depending on your decisions. It's just, it's a really great game, I think. Yeah, part of what makes Mass Effect 2 work so well is the fact that it's all about the characters, like... Mm-hmm. Like the, the the plot itself is almost nothing because it's like yeah. basically preparing for one single mission. Uh, that's like uh, called like the suicide mission. It's like a mission that people are expecting. Like we won't get out of it uh, alive. And uh, indeed, like if you make like the wrong choices at the the end yeah. of the game, then you could end up losing a lot of like kind of the main cast, which will also translate to your uh, playthrough of Mass Effect Three if you import your file but up until that point you're basically just meeting like a great cast of characters all the characters returning from mass effect one are are way cooler this time around too <laughs> like tali yeah. garris, garris liara yeah. are are so awesome in this game they're, they're so much more developed fleshed out and more well-written characters uh and then you got so many interesting newcomers like thane and uh and jack and um i, I think one thing that the game does so well with these characters is like one structuring it around them and doing like these loyalty missions where you really get to, to know them as as individuals um and also just like being able to like represent conflict between them uh where like not everybody's getting along like this is a mission that like you're basically recruiting people based on their uh, proficiency to like make the mission succeed so there's also like conflict happening on the ship between like some characters at times and it, it makes it feel like a lot more real in a sense and i think yeah mass effect 2 has got one of the best casts of any rpgs for that reason i agree yeah i'm with you both on mass effect 2 should definitely be the winner here i love witcher 3 um but mass effect 2 has got to be one of my top five if not top three favorite games ever it's the peak of the mass effect trilogy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. for sure just like for all the reasons you said yeah and as much as i i love that game and i just raved about how great it is uh, i actually prefer witcher 3 <laughs> and and I, I both think that will win and uh, I, I think it should win based on like just the the entire scope and the the whole epic experience that that game offered um, and doing the, like the same things that Mass Effect Two did well with, like having interesting characters, representing honest conflicts between characters, and uh, um, yeah, the, the the whole like lead up to like the end of that game and and the conclusion I I got from it like still felt like one of the most rewarding and and interesting kind of full narrative experiences I've had with an RPG. 
Yeah, I mean, like for me personally, like I I have no opinion about Mass Effect 2 except for that like its reputation precedes it, right? Like I know that it is a game that I would like. I I've started Mass Effect 1 like four times and like it, it, the combat is so janky, I just give up on it. Um, and like you go back to some base and every time I'm in that base, I just walk around and I get lost and I'm like, screw this. Then I quit. <laughs> um, but I, I own I own the new ports and I want to play it. But The Witcher 3, despite the fact that I didn't finish it, is a remarkable achievement in gaming. Um, like it's I, I feel like every RPG that has come after it, whether it's JRPG or whatever, like it sort of lives in the shadow of The Witcher 3. Like in the way that the side quest writing is so remarkably strong, which is why I didn't finish it. Like I, I was so locked into trying to do all these side quests and the writing and how your choices mattered, but like not in ways that annoyed me. Sometimes like when choices matter, I feel like I'm missing out on something. I never felt that way with The Witcher 3. And it takes like the best parts of Grand Theft Auto <laughs> and it mixes it with like the best parts of so many other elements of RPGs that I think it, it makes it such a remarkable game. And I think it is in a lot of ways, even today, unparalleled. Like I haven't played mm -hmm. Cyberpunk in the new version of it. And uh, your review of it, Alex, made me very much want to play um, 2077. It's, I bought it on launch day and then like the review started pouring in and I'm like, nope, I'll wait. Um, <laughs> and I think that now is probably the right time to jump in because for all the pro the problems that CD Projekt Red might have, they can make a good video game. Um, and The Witcher 3, I think, is remarkable. And notice that none of us have talked about Star Ocean because <laughs> none of you should vote for it. <laughs> <laughs> Like I haven't played it, and I still—I I think I started it. Maybe I don't know, uh, but Star Ocean like pales wildly in comparison to these two games, even though I haven't played one of them. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything to say about Star Ocean Three either. Uh, I remember I, I had a friend who played it and kind of liked it, but we were also like ten years old at the time, so I'm gonna—I'm gonna call that ten-year-old bias right there. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so I think that's going to be a competitive matchup, but I I am a little bit afraid, honestly, that like that JRPG bias is gonna gonna seep in and Star Ocean's gonna win. But come on, man! Like you're talking about like two of the best games ever made, even if I haven't played one of them. Uh, please vote for one of those two. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's interesting about The Witcher Three is that like um, it it marries like what we love about JRPGs in terms of like great overall narrative storytelling. Um, I haven't played the DLC, but I've heard that it does the same thing, but it also mixes those Western elements in. Um, sure. The combat's not amazing, but I've actually heard that like the new version of it um, that they did pretty recently when they upgraded it for uh, series X and PS five has actually helped with some of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, I haven't played Mass Effect 2, but it would have to be really good to be better than The Witcher 3 to me. But that's just my opinion. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to what I think will be a highly competitive division, which is Division 3. Uh, and it has, oh man, it has some like serious classics here, man. Like these are some heavy hitters. Uh, so to start out with, we have what I think for a lot of our readers is the quintessential JRPG because a lot of people started with it, which is Final Fantasy X. And then we have what I think a lot of people consider to be the quintessential Western RPG, which is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And then finally, we have what a lot of people think is the perfection of JRPG, which is Persona 5. Um, this is a tough division for me to call. I don't know what's going to win. I don't know what I think even should win. Um, yeah. 
It is a great division of video games. I have played all three of them. I think they are all remarkable in their own ways. So I will let you guys discuss this because I'm afraid. Uh, can't they all win? <laughs> <laughs> They're all really good games, so that's it's quite hard to to narrow down. Yeah, so so you're so right that there's a lot of uh, quintessential titles in this division. Uh, obviously, Final Fantasy X and KOTOR are both uh, hugely influential and, and landmark titles for their genres. But um, Persona 5, because it is just more recent and is just become like like a cultural phenomenon in like not just RPGs, but like video games and just like how well that it's like maintained its own brand, like having like different spin-offs coming out, uh, still going strong, the Royal Edition coming out a few years later and kind of even more further solidifying its, its legacy. Um, it's just like an amazing game. And uh, I, I think it both will and should win, which is crazy because I, I love those other two games as well. But um, yeah, I'm going to have to give the edge to Persona 5 here. Yeah, I think probably Persona 5 should, for all the reasons you gave, it's it's a very strong game. Jimmy, I know you have an opinion on here on this oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really pulling for KOTOR on this one. Um, it's just one of my all-time favorites, but I totally do not think it, that it has, that it's going to make it out of this, um, this trio here. And honestly, I mean, any argument you'd have for any of these three games would I would find completely valid. They're all fantastic. Um, I just think I'm like you. I probably, if I had to predict, I would say Persona 5 probably makes it out. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Final Fantasy X did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I personally 100% think that Final Fantasy X will win this round by like a fairly sizable margin, actually. Um, and it's not because I don't respect the other two games um, or that I don't like them. Um, in fact, I think that Persona 5 is probably a slightly better game. There's still like there's some jank in KOTOR. Um, not that KOTOR is not a remarkable achievement for when it came out because um, it totally was. Um, and it's still fun to play today. Um, and Persona 5, I think, is probably the better game than Final Fantasy 10. Final Fantasy 10, I think, for so many of our readers is like the game. It's like the JRPG, like the like the foundation. And I, I'm much older than that. I'm almost 40 now. It's like when Final Fantasy X came out, like I had played dozens of them and I adored it when it came out. Um, and I still really enjoy it now. Like I think the turn-based combat there is excellent. It sort of presaged what great turn-based combat became later. You think about like an Octopath Traveler and like that turn order that you can see in final fantasy 10 is so hugely important but what's funny is that i don't think most people care about that when they think about final fantasy 10 it's that story the voice acting um and i think it was so remarkable for the time despite the ha 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 ha, ha um that i i think it will win and i will not be upset when it wins um even though i think persona 5 and it will win persona 5 is a great game but like it has I think it has some thematic problems with the way that it presents some of the issues that it deals with, and it wants to be deeper than it actually is. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think I might pick Final Fantasy X out of this list, even if it was just me. But fun, but Persona Five is an amazing game. I could be wrong, but um, I think that might be my pick, honestly. Yeah, one thing I guess that 
could hold back Persona 5 is that I know some people still like Persona 4 better, and some people even like Persona 3 better, so it's kind of got that yeah. competition with it in its own series. Whereas Final Fantasy X, gotta say, there, there still isn't really another JRPG quite exactly like it. Just the way that it manages to be so good at world building while being so linear uh, remains like a really remarkable achievement that um, has, hasn't really been emulated as well since. And KOTOR, as much as I love that game and it's got like a twist worthy of like Empire Strikes Back, um, I, I also just like the second game better. Uh, it's just, I just thought it had like more interesting writing, did some more interesting things with the Star Wars property. So as much as I still really, really like that game, uh, to me, it did get surpassed by its sequel. Yeah, that's completely yeah, fair. I think that's accurate. <laughs> I haven't played the sequel, so I have no opinion, but I do think that KOTOR is an amazing game. So we'll see. Uh, I- I'm curious to see how that one shakes out. I think it's a, a highly competitive division. Um, for lots of reasons. Uh, but speaking of competitive divisions, I think this one is also really tough. And it's also, it's Division 4, uh, for those of you who are reading. And uh, it's our Final Fantasy division. This is the way it came out randomly. And like, originally, Mike Sobato, the editor-in-chief, were like, eh, should we let this stand? And we're like, yeah, actually, I think we should. Because I think it's fun. Like, there's so many different uh, games and types of games kind of at play here. Um, and they're all games that I think I like more than most people. So, uh, first we have Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker, uh, which is the uh, most recent expansion for Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, then we have Final Fantasy XV, which came out in 2016. And then we have, uh, much maligned at the time, but I think embraced now because it's a masterpiece, Final Fantasy XII. Um, I have an opinion here, but it's actually tougher than maybe some people might think. Um, so, uh, what does everybody else think about this division? Firstly, I, I love that it happened. <laughs> I think having a Final Fantasy division is hilarious and and great. And uh, I think, like, despite the fact that all of these are like MMO inspired Final Fantasy games, that they all just do their own thing and and do them well. And it's just such a testament to the variety that the series offers. Um, I haven't yet gotten to Endwalker in my FF14 journey, but I'm sure it's amazing and caps off the the story that's been building up all this time really well. Um, Final Fantasy XII is one that I really like the the story of and like the the world Evilise. Uh, I love all the different Evilise games quite a bit, but it's a game that usually starts dragging for me about like two thirds of the way through. Where it's like, oh, it's another open zone where I walk around having to auto battle enemies. That's, I'm still enjoying myself, but uh, not my favorite thing. Uh, and then there's Final Fantasy 15, which is just, as I said earlier, uh, a big personal favorite for me, and I hope can somehow scrounge its way through this division. I have such a soft spot for Evilise that I think I'm leaning towards FF12 just because I, I loved that game when I first played it even before the Zodiac Age stuff came out. and I'm, But it's tricky because Endwalker is really, really good too. And actually, I do enjoy Final Fantasy XV, so this is another tough bracket for me. But personally, I like XII, so I think I'm, I'm leaning towards it. I'm rooting for it. But 
tricky. I think I'm right there with you. Um, I think if I was picking, I would pick 12. Um, I think 14 is probably what wins here because I mm. feel like mm-hmm. just our audience is very um, passionate about that game. And I can't speak to the game because, and I've tried a couple of times to go down that rabbit hole of playing Final Fantasy 14. And I just, I've, I always fall off right away. I don't, so I think <laughs> it's just not for me. Um, I just probably don't have the time, honestly, for an MMO in my life anymore. I think you have um, multiple children, so that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, but I, um, and 15, um, I actually, I did not like 15 at the beginning. Um, I kind of set it aside for a while and then went back to it later and have much higher opinions of it now. Um, but if I'm going to pick, it's going to be 12 for me. I think this is a fascinating division um, because I think all of these games are games that um, I think will grow as like, in terms of their appreciation as they go. And I say that as it as Endwalker is not technically over yet. Um, but Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker, if I had to pick a top five favorite games and I couldn't include 14 as a whole game, which would be my number one game probably, um, would be in my top five. Um, so my pick would be Endwalker because it hits such high highs. Um, like some of the emotional moments there are remarkable, but it's also unfair. <laughs> like it, 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 it's, it's building on for me, even as a person who started in Shadowbringers, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours of time. And the thing that's most remarkable about Endwalker is that it does something that games and narratives in general struggle with, which is that it ties a bow on a very long and very detailed and very interesting narrative and a very like sort of mystery box narrative in a fascinating way. I think that Endwalker has uh, the best combat in Final Fantasy fourteen, I think it has the best story. Yes, Shadowbringers and Heaven's Word stands. That's what I'm saying. Um, I think it is an amazing achievement in video games. But the thing is, like Final Fantasy fifteen um, is a game that kind of I had sort of fallen off of JRPGs for a long time. It got me back into JRPGs. I love the hunts. The combat is easy, but it was exactly what I needed when it came out and i think like the characterization work there is amazing i actually think that like the party dynamics even though i think 16 is a vastly superior game are much better in 15 and 12 i came too late i didn't play it until it released as a zodiac age and if you had to ask me what my favorite single player final fantasy game is until 16 came out which that would be my answer now. Like it would have been between that and six. And I think it's an amazing game. I think the gambits are so fun to play with. I think that the characters are great. I think that the experimentation is amazing. I think the fact that no game before or since has done what it does. And it also does it remarkably well. Like the gambit system works really well. Like, I don't know if you don't, I don't care if you don't like it. It's great. (laughs) Like it's so well done. And the Eva Lee setting, I love too. I mean, I'm a huge tactic fan. Um, I think it's an amazing game. I actually genuinely think that 15 is going to win this this matchup. Um, I actually think it's probably the weakest of the three, but that is that is damning it with high praise <laughs> because I think that it is a great game too. And people make fun of Final Fantasy 15 all the time, but it's so fun. It has great 
party dynamics. It knows what it is. And even though it totally is weird in the second half, I think it's still like, it, it's such a unique thing mm. um, that yeah. I think is remarkable. It's really just like brimming with personality in, in every angle. And sure, there's like a lot of cracks in that personality. And uh, as a game, it's it's pretty unfinished in some ways. But even in that second half, when you go on like the last couple chapters and there are all these like weird experimental things, um, it's trying to do something with its storytelling. It's trying to do something new with with how it like has you relate to its characters and for that reason, like it's such a special uh, unmatched achievement in a lot of ways for me. But I actually I feel the kind of opposite way of you on on the front that like FF15 is my favorite game here. But I think Endwalker's gonna win, which is uh, yeah. You know, I maybe this is a person who knows like sort of what the back end of our clicks are like. But 14, despite how much like half the staff loves it, is not loved by our readers. <laughs> Really? It doesn't get any traffic. <laughs> so I, I think it is by far the underdog here, personally. Well, you might be right about that one. I I, I, I think it's a really interesting division. I'm really curious to see how it works out. Like I, I'm rooting for Endwalker uh, because Endwalker is so good. Gosh, that last trial. There are so many moments in Endwalker that are just like top, top, top tier. Um, but we'll see. Um, so moving on from our Final Fantasy division, we're going to move to Division 5, which I will call our semi-Dragon Quest division, because let's be honest, there's no chance anything but a Dragon Quest game wins out of this division. Sorry, um, Witcher 2. Yeah, sorry, Witcher 2. Oh, that so, was my pick to win the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have three games in this division. Um, and again, this was just like a coincidence that we thought was kind of fun. Um, so we have three games. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, Echoes of Elusive Age, that was our Game of the Year winner in 2018. Uh, the Witcher 2, Assassin of Kings, uh, 2011, which somehow beat Dark Souls. And then we have our 2005 winner, which is Dragon Quest VIII. Um, we could talk about The Witcher 2 if we want, but let's be honest. It's not going to win this division. Uh, there's no way. Uh, there's just It's, it's impossible. Um, but I do think that the conversation between these two Dragon Quest games is fascinating, especially if you've played them, um, because I have an opinion here, but it is like a razor thin margin. So what does everybody think about this division? I haven't played Dragon Quest eight yet, so I'm leaning towards 11 just because I loved it. <laughs> I know you loved it. Tell me why. It's just an amazing game. I mean, I played it on the Switch, and I thought it was gorgeous looking, and just the plot, the characters, the dialects that they did for everybody, it was brimming with personality and charm, and I just loved it. So I know there are people who like Dragon Quest Eight a lot, and that it's like their favorite Dragon Quest even. Um, and I played Dragon Quest Eight around the time that it came out, but I also played Dragon Quest Eleven, and to me, Eleven is just a better Dragon Quest VIII because you get that fully like fleshed out, beautifully drawn and visualized 3D Kiratoriyama-esque fantasy world. Um, you get like a great, great cast of characters. That Eleven's mm -hmm. cast is is far better than Eight's in my opinion. Uh, it's just uh, a giant game with like multiple distinct narrative acts in it that. It's full of like different plot twists and surprises. Dragon Quest XI is, I think, 
the the closest thing to like a perfect RPG that I've ever played. Um, I have zero criticisms like, that I could possibly bring against it. Uh, I think it should win this division, and um, I think it will. So yes. for me, I'm one of those Dragon Quest Eight is my favorite Dragon Quest people that you're talking about. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of that is because I was um, a lot more um, casual back when it came out. So it was the first Dragon Quest I played. I never played one up until that point. Um, and so like with Final Fantasy VII being my first Final Fantasy, um, it's also my favorite still, and Dragon Quest Eight still sits there for me. Um, but I can't really speak to Dragon Quest Eleven because it's been on my backlog and it just got buried back there, and I really need to play it, especially considering I own two copies of it. I own the PlayStation and the Switch copy. Oh, and, you you must and play I it. still haven't played it. So play the Switch version for the record. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I usually I default to the Switch version when there's a choice anyway. So I think you've all convinced me that I really need to play this game. And I will just say I do love Witcher Two, um, but I was <laughs> of all the games on this list when when I first looked at the whole list, I was it was the one that surprised me the most that it made the list. If that makes any sense, um, I did not know that it was thought of um favorably when it came out like um so yeah it, it, i do like the game but it surprised me that it was on here yeah i mean i think from my understanding uh at the time there were some people on staff because game of the year is voted on by staff that like were very much a fan of the witcher 2 um talking about the kyle millers of the world um this is going back before my time but um but yeah, sort of putting aside the game that will not win. <laughs> uh, this is actually a very difficult choice for me. Um, I I think Dragon Quest Eleven is definitely my choice for what can, should, and will win. But Dragon Quest Eight has some things going for it for me that like distinguish it from other Dragon Quests. Like I think that the uh, what's it called the tension system? Yeah, I I think that's what it's called. Is that is that right, everybody? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think so. I think that adds a level of depth to the combat that, like, 11, for me, doesn't quite have. Like, I've 100%ed, at least within reason, like, I didn't quite platinum 11, but, like, it's because I didn't level or get every, like, every weapon or some crazy stuff like that. I think that, for me, 8, and, like, I didn't beat 8 until I beat the 3DS version of it, so maybe this is unfair. But... I really loved the depth of the combat in Dragon Quest VIII. I, I thought that it was deeper than any other Dragon Quest, and I've played them all except for ten. Um, I thought it was deeper than any other Dragon Quest um, in terms of the combat, but the reality is, eleven is the better game. Um, it is. Uh, I know Mike Solosi likes to say the phrase that Dragon Quest Seven is the most Dragon Quest. But I actually slightly disagree with him in that I think Eleven is the most Dragon Quest. It is Dragon Quest to the core, and Dragon Quest is the most important game in the genre. Uh, w- whether we like the series or not, like JRPGs don't exist without this game. And Eleven takes all those concepts, maintains them, and modernizes them in a way that is accessible and fun and Silvano, Silvando. <laughs> Uh, if it's not Silvando, it doesn't matter. Um, the epilogue <laughs> yes. there is amazing. The credit sequence, which I won't spoil for those of you who haven't played Eleven, made me weep like yeah. openly and for a lengthy period of time because, like, I, I 
I originally played Dragon Quest with my grandparents, and my relationship with them is very important. And the fact that it it did what it did was insane. Um, it's an incredibly fun game. It is incredibly tight. It is a per. It is, in my opinion, the most perfect RPG. The best, no. Uh, the best one is not on our list, and the name is Near Automata, but um, it is the most perfect RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it was is one hundred percent the deserving winner from this round. And I think that it might be mo- the most deserving winner in all of our rounds. But that's my pick in this round, personally. Yeah, my my partner likes uh like likes watching me play like she likes watching my face when i'm playing different video games to like kind of gauge uh like my my experience with that game and for from her perspective me playing drain quest 11 was just a bright smile on my face the entire time and yeah that about sums up my 150s or so (laughs) hours with that game (laughs) that is a perfect way to sum it up (laughs) yeah no kidding right uh yeah it's it's such a good game um, if you haven't played Dragon Quest XI, Jimmy, uh, you should definitely go play it, even though it's over 100 hours long. Um, it's so good. Uh, so in this next round, Division Six, Division Six is a really interesting division to me because the three games are so different. Uh, different, like uh, al- almost different genres. Uh, they're not, but, you know, um, they're just so different in the way they play. Um, so we have a Western RPG in Dragon Age Origins, which came out was our game of the year in 2009. And then we have Suikoden 3, which you know I love Suikoden, uh, which came out in 2002, was our game of the year. And then we have Lunar, Silver Star Story Complete, our namesake, the thing that started Lunarnet, which then eventually started RPG Fan um, as in our Division 6. So I have a very strong opinion here. Um, and I will uh, express it in a moment here, but I'll let other people express their opinions first. Uh, I'm torn between Dragon Age Origins and Suikoden 3, mainly because I'm just very biased towards Suikoden 3. <laughs> I love Suikoden as well. And the Dragon Age Origins is a really good game. I love the different origins and how just fitting it is for the like they carry over depending on which storyline you're playing through it keeps coming up and there's so much decision importance in the game and i just yeah maybe i'm leaning towards dragon age origins overall just to be a little different but it is close between it and so we get in three for me and then i also just love the lunar silver star story complete so it this is actually a really tough bracket for me. So we, we had a little bit of a discussion pre-show. Um, like for context, I've played the PSP version of Lunar Silver Star. Um, but to me, it, it was quite a vanilla RPG experience. And I'm not a huge vanilla kind of guy. Um, That's fair. So I am willing to give this game another shot. Uh, and it's cool that it was like the first game of the year we had here. Um but for me, this is a toss-up between Suikoden 3 and Dragon Age Origins, which are both really cool games in their own right. Uh, the whole Origins kind of story, uh, like like origin micro-stories that you have like to start mm-hmm. your game, depending on what, uh, what kind of character you're building, uh, are fantastic. And uh, such an interesting way to um, 
really get your uh, player invested into the world and like the character of their that they're developing, um, despite being like kind of like a player-driven kind of cipher Western RPG type character. Uh, those origin stories just added a lot of characterization um, that I thought was great. Uh, I ended up playing the the dwarf noble one and uh, had such a great experience. And just having that little like hour or two at the beginning of the game in that little origin story segment just influenced the way I role played that game throughout the entirety of the the experience, which was really impressive. And uh, I'm surprised that it hasn't really been done again since, as far as I know. But uh, Sweet Coden Three, I also love, and um, is to my my uh, slight shame the only Sweet Coden game I, I've eaten so far you're fired um, <laughs> Coden 2 has been at the top of my backlog for so long uh, and then the remaster and then the remaster got announced i'm like i guess i should wait and i have and i'm really waiting for that to come out because i want to play suicoden 2 so bad but uh, okay even- you, you almost redeemed yourself almost <laughs> <laughs> i'm signed up for the the card uh the podcast card for when that remake does come out so oh, we'll, I'll- we'll be talking about it don't you worry <laughs> yeah but uh three is an awesome game uh really cool thing that it does with like kind of its three characters who also just uh, to compare to dragon age Origins, also like really get you into like kind of the the depth and characterization of, of these protagonists before uh, the whole story mm-hmm. kind of like comes together and becomes this epic sweeping narrative. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, both games are are great in their own right and at what they do. Uh, this is a really tough toss up for me. Uh, I might give Sweet Coden three a slight edge, but wow. um, maybe for historical reasons, uh, Lunar is my expected uh, <laughs> will get picked. Yeah, I, I'm going to cut in here for a second uh, because um, everybody who's listening to this who has heard me on podcasts, and most of you probably have, will know that Suikoden 2, despite the fact that I think Automata is a better game, is my favorite game of all time. And it is my lowest pick on this list, despite the fact that I haven't played one of them. Um, Suikoden 3, and I agree with everything you said, Alex, I actually think Suikoden 3 is the weakest of the series. And yes, I'm including four in that list. Oh, wow. Um, Wow. I think that Suikoden 3 is incredibly slow. It is. Um, like, to a point that, like, it makes it not fun. Um, and I remember when I first played it um, as a kid, I, I thought, like, in retrospect, like, oh, I just didn't like it because it wasn't as interlocked as Suikoden 1 or 2 are. Because Suikoden 1 and 2 are, like, basically, to me, like, twin games. Like, you play them together. Um, and Suikoden 3 is not that. It takes place later. They're they're trying a different thing. They're doing other stuff. But I think that the characterization is weaker. I think that the combat is mediocre. Um, it, it tries to do interesting things, but by trying to do interesting things, it just makes itself clunky. Um, and I think that the narrative itself, well, I think it has some interesting things. And I agree with you, Alex, that I I think the be- the best part of it is that you get to play that get to pick. A certain thing i won't spoil it um there are things about it that i like um and i think that there are things about it that are really excellent but i think that it moves it's just a slow play slow pace that it it, it it hurts itself and i usually like slow paced things but this is not one of them whereas origins i've never played and i think that probably it is the best game in this division but i also don't think it will win <laughs> uh because of the devices of our readers um 
but uh, one of my favorite games of all time, by far, is Lunar the Silver Star Story Complete. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I just recently played the Silver Star second CD for review, which I haven't even written it yet, but it will post on the website at some point for reasons. And the difference between that and the Silver Star are enormous. I think that the way that it, it was the video game that made me realize that what I care about is characters and what I care about is people. And what I care about is the way the way things are written. As an English teacher now, that's an incredibly important thing to me. Like you can tell the exact same narrative in different ways. And it's the way you tell it, and it is the way you write it that makes a difference to me. Now, I'm not going to argue that the Silver Star Story Complete is like some remarkable piece of literature. It's not Proust, but uh, um, it is to me like the game that taught me that what I care about is characters and it's because it draws its characters so well and because it uses a genre trope and a way of storytelling so effectively that like, I think it is a beautifully written game. It is, I know working designs, you know, everybody has their opinions about them, but silver star story complete is the essential version of that game to me. And, uh, I would love to go replay it right now. So that, that, that's, those are my feelings about that, about that game. Um, and it's also the one that I am very confident will win this match. Plus it brings about eternal blue complete later on. And I love that. Indeed one. it does. Yep. What about you, Jimmy? What do you think? Well, I'm a big dragon age fan. So by default here, this would be, <laughs> that would be my favorite. Um, I like Lunar a lot too, but dragon age is definitely it's again i hate to sound i'm coming across on this podcast i realize sounding like um a western rpg uh, elitist here but um it really is it's one of my favorites um on of all these games here so it wins for me uh, you're not coming across that way at all <laughs> i think that if it manages to win game of the year for us given who we are as a site that means it's a pretty remarkable game usually so um yeah so, uh, I, as much as I uh, have not played Dragon Quest Origins, I also haven't played Dragon Quest Age Inquisition <laughs> because I am totally the Western RPG. I haven't played. I am an RPG fan reader type person, um, and I need to play them, and I want to. Uh, it just hasn't happened. But anyway, let's talk about uh, Division 7, which does include Dragon Age Origin, uh, which is our Game of the Year winner in 2014. But it also includes uh, a controversial title, uh, Mass Effect 3, which is our game of the year in 2012. Uh, and then finally, uh, we have another Final Fantasy 14 pick, uh, which is Final Fantasy 14 Shadowbringers, which came out in 2019 and was our game of the year winner that year. So I'm curious, uh, what are our thoughts on this bracket? So for me, I looked at this bracket and thought... Um, as at least with Dragon Age and Mass Effect, these are they're like the games that the predecessor is better than. If I if I had to sum it up, um, at least for me anyway, um, Dragon Age Origins is a better game than Inquisition. Mass Effect Two is a far better game than Mass Effect Three, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I actually that was another game that I kind of was a little surprised made the list. I did not realize that it won Game of the Year because there were so many negative opinions about it when it was first released with the whole ending and all that um so if i had to pick a winner i'd probably say that final fantasy 14 wins here if i had to predict um if 
if I'm picking for myself, I'd probably go ahead and go with Inquisition just for, like I mentioned before, I can't really speak to Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and I definitely like Inquisition better than Mass Effect 3. Yeah, knowing the, the JRPG slant of our readership and the fact that Mass Effect 3 and Inquisition are both uh, critiques titles in their respective series, I, I think it's Shadowbringers gets an, an easy win here. Um, I tried Inquisition. I've, I haven't played through all of it yet, but uh, I thought it had some like cool ideas with how it uh, like established like a camp uh, that you're kind of developing um, and that kind of like branches off into the world and that you kind of like send on these little recruitment missions and such and how it like kind of uh, brought together different themes and ideas from, from the earlier games was cool from what I saw, but it also had this like kind of really slow paced MMO kind of structure to it. And then Mass Effect 3, like you said, Jimmy, is just worse than Mass Effect 2 straight up. Uh, combat is maybe a little better, if anything, but not that much even. And um, yeah, just uh, like the, the writing got a lot less interesting. I'm pretty sure like one of the, the, the lead writer from the first two games had left Bioware at that point, and uh, you, you can feel it. Um, that the character development just isn't as interesting and the conclusion is divisive for a reason. Um, so yeah, surprised to see both those games up and I, I think Shadowbringers gets an easy win here. I think the issue with Mass Effect 3 in comparison to 2 is they kind of abandoned some of the RPG elements in favor of shooter elements. Yeah. Um, so I think really that's where it's weaker. Whereas, and you could say that they, that the, the RPG elements are a little too much in the first Mass Effect, so they kind of streamlined it a little bit for Mass Effect 2, which is why it's so good, I think. But then for 3, it was they almost did a little too much leaning into just, okay, this is an action game now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably lean towards Shadowbringers for this bracket, just overall I'm a huge fan of what they do with the story in it, and I kind of just love the plot and the character progression and just the Crystarium in general is great. <laughs> so uh, I agree. Um, I, as a person who, uh, if you've listened to the rest of this podcast or any podcast I've been on, you know that I haven't played these other two games. Uh, Shadowbringers to me crystallizes what is crystallizes by that. I mean, like it makes what it is the best MMO what the MMO is. Um, and that is Shadowbringers. Like it eliminates TP, which if you are new to Final Fantasy 14, you don't even know what that is. Um, but from what everything I've heard, um, that elimination is, is essential. But Shadowbringers is is so amazing on so many fronts. It it opens up like so many possibilities for the future of what 14 is going to become. It has a remarkable story. It has the best villain in the history of Final Fantasy. And yes, I know Kefka exists. Um, it has some of the best trials, uh, uh, boss fights. It is such a unique experience in terms of the MMO scene um, that I think that even though you don't see WoW anywhere on this list, and I understand that that absence is maybe troubling to some people, um, it, it crystallizes how you can take a specific genre that is an MMO 
and turn it into a thing that is mostly a single player experience, but also have those MMO trappings and make it masterful. And I think that Shadowbringer is, is remarkable on that front, even if like, I, I actually prefer the story of Heaven's Word and N. Walker both. But Shadowbringers, from a gameplay perspective and what it it crystallizes how to make an MMO just accessible enough to make it something that a lot of people want to play. And there's a reason there was a huge influx. Like, I think the subscriber base tripled after Shadowbringers came out. Um, that and, and, you know, the, the streamers who started it, I won't even say their names here because <laughs> I don't like them, but uh, they're certainly part of it. But um, I think that's also because Shadowbringers is such a remarkable achievement in gaming in that it takes a particular genre and makes it another thing in a way that I don't think anyone expected. And to me, that makes it deserving. However, again, I will say that our reader base does not love MMOs. That means they don't really care about 14, no matter how much the rest of the staff. And I mean, like almost the rest of the staff loves it. Um, so I actually think Mass Effect 3 is going to take it here. It's interesting. Because I actually, I I liked both Dragon Age Inquisition and Mass Effect 3, just not as much as their, um, as Origins and V2. So it's, it's an interesting thing because I'm like, they're solid games, but they're not quite to me as good as their predecessors. Right. Whereas Shutter, Shutterbringers was, mm-hmm. even if you like the Heaven's Word story better, from a gameplay perspective, is absolutely what 14 is and what it needed to become. Yeah. So, um, speaking of rounds where I don't have a ton to say, and also Final Fantasy fourteen, we have our final division, Division Eight, which is again three very different games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, we have our Game of the Year winner in two thousand and seven, which is Persona three, which I I'll just say right now I haven't played. I cannot wait for the remake. I'm going to play it so fast. Because <laughs> it's like the person, the only Persona game that I want to play, which is you know not Persona One that I haven't played, and then we have Fallout Three, which is our winner in two thousand eight, and then we have Final Fantasy fourteen, A Realm Reborn, the expansion that turned Final Fantasy fourteen into the at least shell of what it would become. So, what does everybody think about this this matchup? Uh, I love that you referred to Final Fantasy. 14 realm reborn as the the shell of what final fantasy 14 is now because that's exactly how it felt playing it um i i was surprised to see realm reborn on here i i get that it was like a huge rebirth for uh the game obviously uh one of the the biggest comeback stories in all of gaming history um but playing through the the base game of ff14 was uh a slog i put myself through in order to get to the good stuff um and once i got to heaven's word stormblood you know that's 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 quality quality uh not only mmo gaming but just video game storytelling in general uh realm reborn did not really offer any of that um so i am not a huge fan of, of the base game there uh and i prefer both of these other games to it uh but with that said fallout 3 i feel much the same way as i do KOTOR, where I like the Obsidian take on it better. Uh, I think Fallout New Vegas is just a much more interesting, well-written, uh, and creative uh, Western RPG. Uh, and I, after that came out, I have I feel no reason to ever go back to Fallout 3. 
uh, even though like for its time and like that that whole opening when you first get out of the vault when when that came out that was that was pretty unreal. Uh, but other than that, uh, there isn't too much interesting things going on in terms of the the narrative or writing compared to what came out with New Vegas and um, Persona Three. Uh, I'd I'd give it. Uh, probably my my personal uh, I would like it to win, and I think it will win out of this section. Uh, obviously, it's the game that defined what Persona is today. Persona Four and Persona Five are, after all, just iterations on Persona Three with like the using the social link system. And uh, although the, the core like dungeon crawling of Persona Three is definitely worse than what Persona Four and Five offer. Uh, with just going up Tartarus uh, the entire game. Um, I think it still has the best core cast of the series. Uh, I love the characters. I love how real their dynamics feel. Uh, nothing about it feels too forced or Saturday cartoony. Um, and kind there, there's like real kind of issues uh, being explored with these characters and with their dynamics with each other. Um, and uh, I, I think it's got a great soundtrack still. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Persona 3 and would give it the, the, the pick here. Yeah, I'd probably, I've only played um, P3P for Persona 3, but I kind of just, I think I'm leaning towards it as well, given just how it's set up and the gameplay. I'm not a huge fan of Tartarus, but I love the, the implementation of the social links and just the overall story and characters are really interesting. And yeah, and it was the last Persona game to 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 that point still feel like Shimigami Tensei in terms of its vibe. Like it was extremely yeah. dark yeah. Uh, and was not uh, scared to put these characters through through the ringer <laughs> dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I will jump in here and say that, like, Persona, as I said earlier, Persona Three is a game that I have not played. Um, and so like, I can't render any sort of a real opinion on it. Um, but it is also the game that I hope wins this bracket. Um, which is weird as Final Fantasy 14 is probably my, like, if you have to take it in totality, it's gotta be my favorite game of all time because I've spent Mm -hmm. 5,000 hours on it. Um, but like, I love, adore Persona 2 Mm -hmm. and think that Persona 4 and 5 in many ways, pale in comparison, especially to Innocent Sin. I think Innocent Sin has one of the best stories of any JRPG. Absolutely. I think it's remarkable. The gameplay's freaking terrible, but um, <laughs> the story is so good. Like, it is, like, I get a little emotional just thinking about it right now. Um, and so it makes me sad that Persona became sort of this weird imitation of what Persona 4 was, right? Um, and Persona 4 is fine. I, I like it. And it's stylish and it's fun and Persona 5 makes it better. Um, and I don't understand anybody who likes Persona 4 the best because I I don't. I, Persona 4 is fine, but it's fine is the best I can say for it. Um, whereas like Persona 3 to me, from what I've read about it, strikes me as, as you said, like this beautiful balancing act between what Persona becomes and what Persona was. Mm-hmm. And there are things I like about both of those versions of Persona. Um, I haven't played Fallout or any Fallout games. My only experience, true story, with Fallout is playing four hours of Fallout 76 in beta 
that game in beta uh it's my very first assignment at rpg fan um and it was miserable and i never ever ever want to touch fallout again and so i hate fallout 3 in retrospect even though i haven't played it um a realm reborn is hard to judge nowadays for me because i picked up 14 when we were in Shadowbringers, and i agree with everything you said alex like a realm reborn was fine um it was like, oh, this is like some junk I have to do to get to the good stuff. But I, I, I have to respect what it did. And I have to respect the fact that MMOs, and I played like WoW briefly in like 2006, and I hated it, like despised it. Like everybody in my house that I live with was like dropping out of college to go play it for 30 hours a week. Um, more than that, 30 hours is low. <laughs> um and so I was like, oh, I'll try it. And I was like, oh, it's just like leveling and I'm going to go fight these mobs. And that sounds like horrible. And it was horrible. Whereas Realm Reborn, I imagine even in its original iteration, um, is at least like focusing on storytelling in a way that I care about. But it, in a modern context, is not even close to the strong. It's like the weakest expansion, right? Um, like I... I played it before they did the um, fix where they fixed some of the patch quests in that game. And they were like so miserable that like I almost fell off of the game briefly, even though I loved it. And now like I play it when we finish this recording, I'm going to go try to clear P10 again um, with my, with my static group. So I, I think there are enough weaknesses that it shouldn't belong in this conversation. So I think Persona 3 is the pick here. I think it should be the pick here, and I think it will be the pick here. You know, Zach. actually listening to this conversation about these three games that it hadn't occurred to me before is I think they're all similar in the fact that they're like a shift from, you know, the games previous to them. Like, so Fallout 3 is like the first you know, Fallout that really went mainstream with the first person view and it isn't isometric. Um, Persona 3 is kind of like what you said, like what we think of now. It's like to me, I know I've heard the joke before that to uh, Atlas, Persona 1 and 2 don't exist. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so Persona 3 is like the shift for modern Persona. And then obviously Final Fantasy 14, um, you know, they kind of rebooted the whole thing from what I've read about. Um, it was like a failed launch and uh, hence the name a realm reborn. So they're all similar in that, um, in that regard. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it really is actually. It's an interesting bracket. Alex, what were we going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm sorry to hear about your fallout experience. That sounds like a really terrible way to play that series. Um, but if, uh, if I'm going to play Sui Coden 2, you should play Fallout New Vegas because Fallout New Vegas is is one of the best RPGs ever. Right. I think you know, Alex. I like you enough that I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> I might just do that. You you should. It's and awesome. the the normal host of this podcast is a huge fan of New Vegas, so I feel like I need to say that I will reconsider it. Yeah, I will second that. Uh, New Vegas is definitely my favorite Fallout game. It's on my backlog. Mine too. Um, but like I Western RPGs just like don't jive with me, man. Like I don't I don't want that level of like thought. <laughs> like I want a curated experience usually. Um if I want that level of thought, I'll just go back and play Disco Elysium again because oof, that game. Chef's kiss. Um, New Vegas is 
almost on that level in terms of bro there is no way that's true there is no way that's true are you serious not in terms of like the the actual like subject matter but in terms like the creativity with what you can do as you're like playing through and like kind of interacting with characters and and developing your your relationships and allegiances it is fascinating it does some really really cool that is a great sell that's a great sell all right all right i i will download it the minute I get off this podcast. Yes. Um, okay. So now, cause we're not going to do another one of these, uh, cause uh, readers, as you know, uh, or as I've said earlier, um, there will be multiple rounds of this. So you all will vote on what the top eight will be. And then we will seed based on that. I'm guessing John, I won't give us another podcast after this, Aww. which means that we will not have the opportunity to talk about the final eight or the four or the two or the one. So the question is panelists, when you're looking at the overall uh, sort of like what we have here, what is the game that you think will win out of all 24 games? And then also what is the game that you think should win? So we'll start with you, Alex. What do you think? So, um, this is, this is tough, but, uh, I got to go with what my gut was going in. Um, and obviously some of the things you said, Zach, have made me second guess this now, but, um, I think Persona 5 will win just, I guess I'm not, I'm not considering the readership too much in that decision, but just in terms of like what this game, uh, ended up like establishing like even further solidifying like the the eliteness of persona in the JRPG community and just in terms of like how playable it is, how well designed the the palaces are compared to the two games that came before. Like it's such a smooth game to play. It still has a lot of cool character interactions and the social links are probably the best in the series. Uh, I, I just think this game has so much going on in terms of being an RPG and a social sim and marrying those elements so smoothly and being such a smooth gameplay experience. Uh, overall, that that was kind of my gut uh, feeling as as the overall pick. But in terms of what should win, I think Dragon Quest XI, um, just for for the reason that like you and I both said, Zach, this is this is the the most perfect RPG ever made. I think. Um, it is just so playable, so full of joy, um, and just something any RPG fan should experience. That is an excellent response. What do you think, Jimmy? I actually think that um, Dragon Quest Eleven has a chance to win. Um, I could see either of the Dragon Quests, um, or maybe Final Fantasy Twelve. Um, I think it's going to be one of those, um, you know, big name JRPG. Um, franchises that takes home the whole thing um however what i think should win in my personal opinion mass effect 2 is just the peak of gaming at least for me anyway um i've played that game gosh i don't know how many times at this point but i will continue to play it for as long as i can because it's just it's it's almost the perfect game for me so if i was picking that's my winner that is an excellent response. What about you, Audra? I want to say just because of all of the talk about the remake coming up and everything, I kind of am leaning towards Persona 3 might win. 
kind of a. I love that pick. Yeah. It's a good pick. Just, it has a lot of iterations of the game out already and people love it. And I just think it might have a chance. As for which game I would love to see win, either Dragon Quest XI or Mass Effect 2, honestly, (laughs) would be my picks. But I think for different reasons, but they're both, to me, quintessential RPGs. Those are all excellent picks. Um, At least for me personally, I think in terms of what will win, and I hate to say this, like I, it was a game that early on in this podcast, I literally argued against everyone for. And that is, I think Skies of Arcadia is going to be the winner. Um, I think it's because our podcast winner, uh, our podcast listeners are Skies of Arcadia fans. I think also because one of our most famous podcasters uh, was a huge Skies of Arcadia fan. We've sort of attracted that group. And I also think that like it appeals to such a wide range of people um, that I think that Skies of Arcadia, despite the fact that it was sort of tied to two consoles that are not as popular as others, I think it might win. I, If I had to pick a secondary pick, I think it would be Remake. I think one of those two was going to win that match in the division. And I think that whatever wins that match is going to win the whole thing. Um, so that, that's my genuine opinion. Uh, the idea that Final Fantasy VII Remake is the best RPG ever is absurd to me. Same yeah. thing is true for Skies of Arcadia, <laughs> but that's also the way these things go sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That um, would be crazy. It's not even the best Final Fantasy VII ever. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't disagree. Like, I, I, I'm just saying, like, the way that I think this is going to go. Um, in terms of what I think should win, hmm, I'm actually genuinely thinking about that right now. I'm between two. I think The Witcher 3 is maybe the most remarkable achievement in RPGs ever. Um, even though I haven't even beaten it, I haven't played the DLC, which is apparently amazing. <laughs> I think The Witcher 3 is like, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's just so it's so ahead of everybody else in in terms of the way that it combines Western RPG like, like their conceptions of what good storytelling is and JRPGs. I I think it's remarkable, but in terms of my favorite on this list, it's Ed Walker. Um, Final Fantasy 14. Ed Walker has, in my opinion, one of the three or four best stories in RPG history. I think that it continues the perfection that is the MMO combat that is Shadowbringers. And I think that it deserves to win, but I don't know. The Witcher 3 is darn close. I didn't actually make any picks there, and I make no apologies. But what should actually win is Dark Souls. <laughs> you know that actually might be true i just started bloodborne recently and i hate it and myself but it's also amazing yeah you'll, you'll <laughs> love it eventually <laughs> and yourself <laughs> all right so uh thank you all so much for coming on to this podcast i i had a great time talking about all these like these are all game of the year winners right like even if we don't think they necessarily deserve to win they're at least pretty good games up to like all-time classics uh 
that should crush their competition and they might not. We'll see. So yeah, I, 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 I had a great time tracking with all of you. Um, so uh, let's go into some housekeeping here. So if you want to uh, contact us, uh, at least as a podcast, I'll get to individuals later. You can email us podcast at rpgfan.com. You can also find us on all kinds of platforms. We're on threads. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're even on Facebook, even though uh, I guess we're all kind of old, honestly. Um, and you can, you can follow us there. You can also uh, follow us on YouTube. We have a, a Twitch stream almost every day. Scott does an amazing job, so you can follow us there. Uh, we also have a shop. Uh, you can buy uh, onesies that have RPG fan uh, repping on them. You can also uh, follow us on uh, our other podcasts as well. Uh, Retro Encounter, which is a podcast I sometimes host, uh, but uh, Mike Slosey usually hosts about retro things. And you can also follow us on Rhythm Encounter, which is usually hosted by Mike Sobato, our editor-in-chief, uh, but sometimes also by Hillary Andriff and occasionally by others as well. Um, if you want to give us a review, you can review us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. Give us a review. It's helpful. If you enjoyed this, that's even more helpful. Um, and before we uh, close out, let's talk about where we can find the individual panelists, starting with you, Alex. Yeah, you could just uh, email me at alexfranicek at gmail.com. Um, happy to hear any frustrated emails about why there are no Souls games at one game. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is totally fair. <laughs> what about you, Audra? Um, email for me, B at rpgfan.com. Perfect. And what about you, Jimmy? Uh, you can find me on the RPG Fan Discord is probably the best way to reach out for me. I'm starting to get a little active on there. Doing my best. I'm not <laughs> I'm not on any social media, so <laughs> and what's your handle on Discord, Jimmy? Oh, sorry, it's a Turner based XP, so at least I have a cool catchy name. That is an that is excellent. Cool. That's that, good is, that is excellent. Turner based. I love that. <laughs> and if you want to get in touch with me, uh, probably the best way is still email uh, Zach W at RPGfan.com. Um, I'm also on Discord in general. Um, Zach W is the best way to find me there on our Discord. Um, if you can't figure out who I am, eventually you'll find me if you look at like the staff list on the Discord itself. So I'm there. Um, so thank you, everybody uh, who joined me today. Uh, I thought it was a great conversation. I I don't know what's going to win this genuinely, even after a conversation. Um, I think that uh, Persona 3 actually has a great chance, even though we'll see. And I'm kind of secretly rooting for Lunar. But anyway, thank you, everybody. Uh, and whatever you're playing, I hope you have fun.